This is episode 640 of the AWS podcast, released on November 28, 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lynch here with you. Great to have you back for a special edition. It's a reinvent edition of the AWS podcast. So throughout the week, I'm going to do two episodes, and Gillian's going to do two episodes following each of the keynote events of the day. And we'll also be covering all the other updates that are taking place as well. So we're going to start with Peter DeSantis's Monday Night Live event. And there's some great updates there that I'll talk about. Plus, we have 100 other things to talk about. That's right, 100. I'm catching you up. So firstly, we're thrilled to announce the preview of the Amazon Aurora Limitless database. This is a new capability supporting automated horizontal scaling to process millions of write transactions per second and manage petabytes of data in a single Aurora database. Now, Amazon Aurora read replicas allow you to increase the read capacity of your Aurora cluster beyond the limits of what a single database instance can provide. Now, Aurora Limitless Database scales write throughput and storage capacity of your database beyond the limits of a single Aurora writer instance. The compute and storage capacity that's used for Limitless Database is in addition to and independent of the capacity of your writer and reader instances in the cluster. So you can focus on building high-scale applications without having to build and maintain complex solutions for scaling your data across multiple database instances to support your workloads. Our old friend, sharding. Aurora Limitless Database scales based on the workloads to support write throughput and storage capacity that, until today, would need multiple Aurora writer instances. Now, in the blog, you'll see some great uh, diagrams of how this all works and how the shard group works. It is very, very cool. And you can get up and running straight away with a preview and you can sign up and be invited soon. The preview is going to run in a new Aurora PostgreSQL cluster with version 15 in the Ohio, North Virginia, Oregon, Tokyo and Ireland regions. The next really interesting announcement was around the Amazon TimeSync service, which now supports microsecond accurate time. And if you watch uh, Peter's presentation, you'll see why time is so important. This is actually built on our proven network infrastructure and the Adibus Nitro system. And you can now access local GPS disciplined reference clocks on supported EC2 instances. And these clocks can be used to more easily order application events, measure one-way network latency, and increase distributed application transaction speed and incorporate in-region and cross-region scalability while also making it simpler. Additionally, you could audit your clock accuracy from your instance to measure and monitor the expected microsecond range accuracy. If you're already using the Amazon TimeSync service on supported instances, you'll already see this automatically. You don't have to touch anything as well. Another great announcement was Amazon Elasticash Serverless for Redis and Memcached is now available. So this is a new serverless option that means you can create a cache in under a minute and instantly scale capacity based on application traffic patterns. And of course, it's compatible with two popular open source caching solutions being Redis and Memcached. Elasticache Serverless constantly monitors your application's memory, CPU and network resource utilization, and it scales instantly to accommodate changes to the access patterns of workloads that it serves. So you can create a highly available cache with data automatically replicated across multiple availability zones and up to 99.99% SLA for all workloads, which saves you time and money. Nice and easy. And Amazon Elastic Cache Serverless is available in all commercial AWS regions, including China. 
And another thing that Peter covered today was the announcement of Amazon Redshift serverless with AI-driven scaling and optimizations available in preview. This uses AI techniques to scale automatically with workload changes across all key dimensions, such as data volume changes, concurrent users, and query completion to meet and maintain your price performance targets. Internal tests have demonstrated that these optimizations can give you up to 10 times a better price performance for variable workloads without manual intervention. So with these new AI-driven scaling and optimizations, Amazon Redshift Serverless learns your workload patterns based upon dimensions like query complexity and data volume. It continuously adjusts resources throughout the day to apply tailored performance optimizations, and it automatically and proactively adjusts the capacity based on the actual workload needs. Furthermore, it introduces system-wide new AI-enhanced optimizations and forecasting that go beyond the current already pretty cool self-tuning capabilities of Redshift, such as automated materialized views and sort orders. For instance, it has an ML-enhanced sorting technique that automatically organizes data beyond what traditional encodings can achieve today. So you can use a price performance slider to set your desired price performance target for your workload. This is available in preview in Ohio, Virginia, Oregon, Tokyo, Ireland, and Stockholm regions. And the other thing Peter discussed was some really interesting innovation happening in the world of quantum computing, and in particular, some really fascinating work around error correction for quantum computer chips. So I recommend you have a look at his presentation. This this, uh, particular section is towards the end of the presentation. It's fascinating to see these quantum computers being built, the chips being implemented, and what an improvement in error correction means for the future of quantum computing. So now let me take you through all the other updates. Some will be quick, some will be longer. Let's start with analytics. Amazon Redshift now supports multi-data warehouse writes through data sharing in preview. So you can start writing to Redshift databases from multiple Redshift data warehouses in just a few clicks. And the written data is available to all warehouses as soon as it's committed. So this is really useful for scaling and meeting different price performance needs. Redshift provision concurrency scaling and serverless auto scaling now supports create table as select. And AWS has announced support for large language models in Amazon Redshift ML. So you can leverage pre-trained publicly available LLMs in Amazon SageMaker Jumpstart as a part of Redshift ML so you can bring LLMs to analytics. So for example, you could make inferences on your product feedback data in Amazon Redshift, use the LLMs to summarize the feedback, perform entity extraction, sentiment analysis, and product feedback classification. Starting now, AWS CloudTrail Lake Data is now available for zero ETL analysis in Amazon Athena, so you can get up and into that data really quick. AWS Glue Data Quality has announced anomaly detection and dynamic rules. This will help you proactively identify quality issues and fix them. And Amazon EMR Studio now supports Amazon Code Whisperer. Uh, You can use this at no additional charge to generate real-time code suggestions in your EMR Studio notebooks. Let's talk about application integration. We're happy to announce the general availability of AWS B2B Data Interchange. This is a fully managed service for automating the transformation of electronic data interchange, EDI documents, into common data representations, such as JSON and XML at scale and with pay-as-you-go pricing. Customers across verticals like manufacturing, retail, healthcare, and more can reduce the time, complexity, and cost associated with preparing and integrating this into their business applications. EDI, I think, uh, is older than me. (laughs) I remember having to work with EDI 
back in the day. So this is a welcome thing that makes it a lot easier to get up and running and it's available in the Ohio, Virginia and Oregon regions at the moment with more to come. AWS AppSync has improved support for Amazon Aurora clusters configured with the RDS Data API. So with AppSync GraphQL APIs, you can create an API that connects to multiple data sources like Microsoft APIs, relational databases, and NoSQL databases, and you can get it with one efficient request. Amazon SQS has announced support for FIFO Dead Letter Queue Redrive. So this is an enhanced capability to improve the Dead Letter Queue management experience for SQS customers. Now, Amazon SQS already supports redriving messages from a standard dead letter queue to a standard source queue or a standard custom destination queue. Now, SQS customers can also redrive messages from a FIFO dead letter queue to FIFO source queues or FIFO custom destination queues. AWS Step Functions has launched support for HTTPS endpoints and a new test state API. So, AWS Step Functions is a visual workflow service that makes it easy to compose over 220 AWS services. And it now supports HTTPS endpoints like SaaS applications into scalable, reliable, and resilient application components from just a single location. So this makes it easy to integrate into your SaaS applications and make them part of your workflow. The new Test State API lets you run a single state, verify that data manipulations work as expected, and inspect the raw requests and responses of a task Make it easy to troubleshoot. And let's face it, troubleshooting is where it's at. Amazon EventBridge now supports partner integrations with Adobe and Stripe. And AWS Step Functions has launched optimized integration for Amazon Bedrock. So it's even easier to integrate it in with the Invoke Model API and the Create Model Customization Job API. A quick update for the topic of blockchain. We're happy to announce the preview of AMB Access Polygon, the Amazon Managed Blockchain Access Polygon. And this will help developers seamlessly interact with the Polygon blockchain, which is a high-throughput, low-fees EVM-compatible blockchain, so you can build very, very quickly. AMB Access Polygon provides serverless access to archive nodes for Polygon Proof-of-Stake, Mainnet, and Mumbai Testnet. Let's talk about compute. AWS Lambda functions now scale 12 times faster when handling high-volume requests. So... Each synchronously involved Lambda function now scales by 1,000 concurrent executions every 10 seconds until the aggregate concurrency across all functions reaches the account's concurrency limit. In addition, each function within an account now scales independently from each other no matter how the functions are invoked. These improvements come at no additional cost and you don't have to change any configuration. They're my favorite things. Today, we're announcing the Amazon EC2 high memory U7i instances in preview. These offer up to 32 terabytes of DDR5 memory, which enables customers to scale transaction processing throughput in a fast growing data environment. These are part of the AWS seventh generation and are powered by custom fourth generation Intel Xeon scalable processors, the Sapphire Rapids, delivering up to 125% more compute performance over existing the U1 instances. Uh, it's pretty amazing the sizes that are available. You can get up to 896 vCPUs. This is the most vCPUs in the AWS cloud. And you can get elastic block storage of up to 100 gig, which is two and a half times the bandwidth of existing U1 instances. Amazon Managed Service for Prometheus has launched an agentless connector for Prometheus metrics from Amazon EKS. Amazon EKS has introduced EKS Pod Identity, a new feature that simplifies how cluster administrators can configure Kubernetes applications to obtain their AWS IAM permissions. 
We're also happy to introduce Amazon Guard Duty ECS runtime monitoring, including AWS Fargate. So now you can get into all of those things from a security standpoint. And the AWS Compute Optimizer has introduced customizable right-sizing recommendations for EC2 instances. So with this launch, you can now adjust both your CPU headroom and thresholds, configure a new 32-day look-back period option, and set instance family preferences. And these settings can be configured at the organization, account, and regional level. Some updates for cost management. We're happy to announce the cost and usage dashboard powered by Amazon QuickSight. And we're also introducing the Cost Optimization Hub, a new AWS billing and cost management feature that lets you consolidate and prioritize your cost optimization recommendations across your organization's member accounts and AWS regions. Makes it really easy to figure out all the recommendations you have. We're also announcing the Unified Billing and Cost Management Console. And we're happy to announce data exports for AWS billing and cost management. So now you can export that data with custom column selections and row filters using a SQL interface. Exports are delivered on a recurring basis to an Amazon S3 bucket for use as you'd like to. And customers can use data exports with the new cost and usage report 2.0 table, which contains the same information as the pre-existing report, but with two new columns, a queried nested data structure and a fixed schema. Let's talk databases. This one's pretty amazing. We're announcing the general availability of Amazon RDS for DB2. I used DB2 back in the day, but it was on a mainframe and it only had page level locking. And this makes it easy to set up, operate and scale DB2 databases in the cloud. And it does all the cool things that you would expect RDS to do, but for an IBM DB2 license. And you can use the bring your own license uh, and you can also use the license included as well. Let's talk about developer tools. We're happy to announce new enhancements to Amazon Code Whisperer. This is including support for infrastructure as code, AI-powered code remediation, and expanded language support for security scanning, all generally available. And it's also available in preview in Visual Studio. It's already available in Visual Studio Code, but Visual Studio is in preview. So developers can now receive suggestions and completion in AWS CloudFormation, both YAML and JSON, and AWS CDK, TypeScript and Python, and HashiCorp Terraform HCL, which means you can get your infrastructure as code up and running faster. And security scanning is now available for Java, Python, JavaScript, and also TypeScript, C Sharp, and CloudFormation, and CDK, and HCL as well. AWS AppFabric's new generative AI feature helps you build cross-app experiences. This is available in preview and its newest feature helps you enrich your app experiences by providing generative AI-driven insights based on context from other applications. Developers embed the AWS AppFabric productivity feature directly into their application's UI or generative AI assistance, which gives you a consistent experience for your end users while getting relevant context from other applications. For example, these APIs proactively surface actionable insights, generate meeting preparation notes, draft emails, create tasks and schedule meetings based on the content and context from across a user's applications. Today, AWS AppFabric Productivity integrates data from Asana, Atlassian Jira Suite, Miro, Slack, Smartsheet, Microsoft 365 and Google Workspaces. And applications such as Asana, Miro and Smartsheet are adopting AppFabric for productivity to help their users prioritize their workday and get stuff done faster. Let's talk end-user computing. Amazon Workspace's Thin Client is now generally available. This is a low-cost end-user device that helps organizations reduce overall virtual desktop cost, strengthen their security posture, and simplify end-user deployment. 
you can get up and running really, really fast and it's very cost effective. So check it out. And Amazon Workspace's multi-region resilience has launched one-way data replication. So you can enable data replication for your standby workspaces and root and user volume data will automatically replicate from your primary to your standby. Let's talk about the Internet of Things. We're announcing vision system data from AWS IT Fleetwise in preview. With this new feature, you can easily collect and organize data from vehicle vision systems that include cameras, radars, and LIDARs. The free RTOS roadmap and code contribution process is now published on freeartos.org. And AWS IoT SiteWise Edge is now available on the Siemens Industrial Edge Marketplace in preview. And IoT SiteWise now supports the asset model component and also user-defined unique identifiers. So let's talk about machine learning. Amazon SageMaker has launched a new version of large model inference DLC with TensorRT LLM support. With these upgrades, customers can easily access state-of-the-art tooling to optimize their large language models and it can reduce latency by 33% on average and improves throughput by 60% on average for things like the Llama 270B, Falcon 40B and Code Llama 34B models compared to previous versions. Amazon Personalize now creates themes for recommendations using generative AI. And you can also recommend actions that increase brand loyalty with Amazon Personalize Next Best Action. And powered by a new foundation model, Amazon Transcribe now supports over 100 languages. And Amazon Transcribe Call Analytics now offers generative call summarization in preview. This uh, uses Amazon Bedrock and basically delivers a concise summary of a contact center interaction that captures key components such as why the customer called, how the issue was addressed, and what follow-up actions were identified. We're happy to announce Utterance Generation for Amazon Lex. Now, Amazon Lex is a service for building conversational interfaces, and the machine learning model uses utterances to recognize and respond to user intent. Bot developers can add sample training utterances to their bots to improve intent classification and user input understanding, and now you can use Amazon Bedrock to generate those utterances with just one click. We're also pleased to announce a preview of the Q&A intent on Amazon Lex, which allows you to securely connect two foundation models for company data using Retrieval Augmented Generation or RAG. A couple of other updates for Amazon Lex is a descriptive bot builder with generative AI. So you can quickly create a fully functional bot in just a few minutes. And there's also now assisted slot resolution with generative AI. The assisted slot resolution feature uses the advanced reasoning capabilities of foundation models to improve the accuracy and ultimately hopefully get you a better customer experience. We're also happy to introduce the Amazon S3 connector for PyTorch. This delivers high throughput for PyTorch training jobs that access and store data in Amazon S3. And AWS HealthScribe is now generally available. This is a HIPAA-eligible generative AI-powered service designed to help healthcare application builders automatically create preliminary clinical documentation from patient-clinician conversations. Amazon Monotron launches EX-rated sensors for hazardous locations. And there's a new capability in Party Rock, which is a cool little place to experiment. The new Discover Apps page shows you what's out there that you might want to play with. Let's talk about management and governance. We're happy to announce the new AWS console to code preview to generate code for console actions. This is pretty cool. It's a generative AI capability that makes it easy to move from prototyping in the management console 
to deploying production code for your workloads. Customers can now generate code for their console actions in their preferred format. Makes it easy to convert, to convert those actions performed in the console to reusable code in the language of your choice. And makes it easy to get up and running fast and create snippets in things like CloudFormation or CDK. You can now automate AWS Control Tower landing zone operations using APIs. And the AWS Control Tower has announced 65 new controls to help meet digital sovereignty requirements. AWS Config now supports periodic recording, so you can efficiently scale your change tracking. Periodic recording captures the latest configuration changes of your resources once every 24 hours, reducing the number of changes delivered. Both continuous and periodic recording options are priced based on the number of configuration items. And AWS Config has launched generative AI-powered natural language querying, so you can do things in far more easy, plain language, things like show me all non-compliant S3 buckets in my organization. And Amazon CloudWatch has announced AI-powered natural language query generation in preview. Similar sort of thing, use natural language, things like show me the 10 slowest Lambda requests. And CloudWatch now supports hybrid and multi-cloud metrics querying and alarming. With this feature, you can consolidate and visualize metrics from sources like Amazon OpenSearch Service, Amazon Managed Service for Prometheus, as you monitor with your own custom data sources and query those in real time. AWS Systems Manager Automation has made it easier to author runbooks with a new low-code visual design experience. You simply drag and drop automation actions and AWS APIs onto a canvas and cook them up together. The visual design experience pre-populates parameters and validates actions in real time so you can build with confidence and efficiency. AWS is announcing CloudWatch logs anomaly detection and pattern analysis. So using these new capabilities, you'll be able to easily interpret your logs, identify unusual events and use those insights to steer and accelerate your investigations. And there is a new storage class for Amazon CloudWatch logs, the infrequent access log class. This is great for cost-effectively consolidating all your logs natively on AWS. And it offers a subset of CloudWatch logs capabilities, including managed ingestion, cross-account log analytics, and encryption with a lower per gig ingestion price, making it ideal for ad hoc querying and after the fact forensic analysis on infrequently accessed logs. AWS CloudFormation now supports Git Sync, which means you can synchronize your stack from a CloudFormation template stored in a remote Git repository, which is pretty cool. And we're also announcing Lens Catalog for the AWS Well-Architected Tool. The Lens Catalog is a new central lens repository for customers looking to explore, review, and implement the latest cloud best practices available for AWS. This significantly expands the breadth and depth of those industry-specific and technology-focused lenses so you can better tailor your reviews to focus on the topics most important to your business. We're also happy to announce the multi-account experiments for AWS Fault Injection Service. So you can now set up and run real-world failure scenarios on an application that spans multiple AWS accounts from a single FIS experiment. And we're announcing the general availability of AWS Repost Private. This is a fully managed, secure knowledge service for enterprises to accelerate cloud adoption and improve developer productivity. And also the AWS free tier usage is now available through the get free tier usage API. So you can see what you're using and how much you got left. And we're also announcing the DR drill validation automation for AWS Elastic Data Recovery. So you can get up and running very quickly and leverage the convenience of predefined validations like volume-free space detection and network connectivity verification, just to name a couple. 
Let's move on to migration and transfer. Stick with me, we're getting there. AWS mainframe modernization replatform with NTT data is now available. So this broadens the replatform provider choices available to customers. And the AWS mainframe modernization file transfer with BMC is now generally available as well, which relies on BMC's mainframe data set transfer technology to discover, transfer and convert mainframe data sets for use on the AWS cloud. And AWS mainframe modernization data replication with Precisely is now available for IBM I. And we're also introducing the AWS mainframe modernization application testing in preview. This is a modernization service feature that automates functional equivalence testing of mainframe applications being modernized with the AWS cloud. This new feature provides cloud native testing capabilities, including test capture, on-demand automated test replays, comparison and regression testing at scale. It's available as part of the AWS mainframe modernization service console. The application testing feature is designed to offer a simplified testing experience that's highly scalable across a wide range mainframe testing use cases with support for parallel test runs and visualization of testing results. And virtualization of Spark, our old friend on AWS with Stromasys is now available. So you can now migrate and re-host applications running on legacy Spark systems. Some updates in the world of networking and content delivery. Application Load Balancer now supports mutual TLS, enabling you to authenticate clients while establishing TLS encrypted connections using X509 based certificate identities. And Application Load Balancer increases application availability with Automatic Target Weights, or ATW, which uses a new routing algorithm to optimize the amount of traffic sent to each target based on information available to the load balancer. With this initial launch, ALB will adjust the amount of traffic sent to each target based on implicit health information like the 5XX errors and connection errors. Let's talk a little bit about security, identity, and compliance. Amazon Inspector Agentless Vulnerability Assessments for Amazon EC2 is now available in preview. So it uses the AWS SSM agent to access your EC2 instances for third-party software vulnerabilities. And Amazon Inspector has expanded AWS Lambda code scanning with generative AI-powered remediation as well. And AWS Secrets Manager now supports batch retrieval of secrets. So you don't have to do iterative calls one secret at a time. You can get a whole bunch when you need to get them. IAM Access Analyzer now simplifies inspecting unused access to guide you towards least privilege. So security teams can now use the dashboard to review findings and figure out which accounts to review based on the volume of findings and which ones can be sort of shrunken down in their ability to access stuff. And IAM Access Analyzer has introduced custom policy checks powered by automated reasoning. Now, we've spoken about this before, and this uh, uses the power of automated reasoning to help security teams proactively detect non-conformant updates to policies. For example, I'm policy changes that are more permissive than the previous version. Uh, so security teams can use these checks to streamline their reviews and figure out what they should pay attention to. And this new kind of validation provides you higher security assurance in the cloud. Amazon Guard Duty now supports runtime monitoring for Amazon EC2 in preview. It also supports EC2 runtime monitoring and AWS Fargate. And Amazon S3 Access Grants now integrate with identity providers to simplify your data lake permissions. And AWS Analytics simplifies users' data access across services using IAM Identity Center. Amazon Detective now supports log retrieval from Amazon Security Lake. And Amazon Detective also introduces finding group summaries using Generative AI, our old friend, make it easy to find stuff. 
And Amazon Detective has some more updates. They support security investigations for Amazon Guard Duty ECS runtime monitoring and investigations for IAM. And there are major dashboard enhancements in the AWS Security Hub. You can now filter and customize your dashboard views, as well as view a new set of widgets that were carefully chosen to reflect the modern cloud security threat landscape and relate to potential threats and vulnerabilities for your AWS cloud environment. There's also a new finding enrichment in the AWS Security Hub that allows you to better contextualize, prioritize, and take action on those findings. So you get things like resource tags, the new AWS application tag, account name information, et cetera, et cetera. And there are also now new central configuration capabilities in AWS Security Hub to make it easy to manage multi-account and multi-regional organizations. And you can customize your security controls in the AWS Security Hub as well. The new enhancements allow security teams to refine the best practices monitored by the Security Hub controls to meet more specific security expectations. And finally, today we're going to talk about storage. Amazon EFS now supports up to 250,000 IOPS per file system for read and up to 50,000 write IOPS per file system. So that's a lot. In fact, it's a four and a half times improvement for the read and a two times improvement for the write. There's also now a new Amazon EFS archive storage class. With EFS archive, you can now easily and cost-effectively share data for a wide spectrum of use cases with the same instant access gigabytes per second throughput with 11 irons of durability, but you can save up to 50% of your cost. There are also new updates to automatically accelerate Amazon S3 data transfer for ML training. So the AWS command line interface and Python SDK will now use the AWS common runtime CRT to accelerate data transfer between Amazon S3 and Amazon EC2 TRN1, P4D and P5 instances. So this maximizes the best practice use for request parallelization, automatic retry, DNS load balancing and much more. And as a result, machine learning training jobs now download training data from Amazon S3 up to three times faster and can upload model checkpoints to Amazon S3 up to five times faster. Mount point for Amazon S3 has now optimized for repeated data access. So this avoids redundant requests to Amazon S3 when you need to reread the same data multiple times, which can improve obviously the cost and performance of your application. So for example, by using mount point for Amazon S3 and caching data in Amazon EC2 instance storage, you can complete your machine learning training jobs up to two times faster. AWS Backup has launched support for restore testing. And as we know, your backup is only as good as your restore. So AWS Backup customers can now test recovery readiness to prepare for possible data loss events and measure duration times for restore jobs to satisfy compliance or regulatory requirements. AWS Backup now also supports Amazon Elastic Block Store Snapshots Archive. We're also announcing Amazon FSx for NetApp ONTAP scale-out file systems and also support for creating uh, ONTAP uh, multi-AZ file systems in shared VPC participant accounts. And you can now manage and backup FSx for ONTAP Flex Group volumes using the AWS console and the API. And Amazon FSx for OpenZFx now supports on-demand data replication across file systems, so you can easily and efficiently transfer incremental point-in-time snapshots of your volumes between file systems. And the data replication gives you a simple way to replicate your production data in a separate file system for things like development, experimentation, and analytics workloads. And Amazon EFS replication now supports failback, which makes it easier for you to synchronize changes between EFS file systems after DR and other failover events. Wow, there was a lot and the week has only just begun. 
Keep on listening. You're going to get an update uh, every day from us. And we'll also be doing deep dive episodes into some of the really interesting announcements uh, in the new year so that you really get to get your teeth into some of these things that are coming up and are pretty, pretty cool. Hopefully there was something in there for you. As always, we'd love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.